Welcome to the Hillside Podcast. We trust that you'll be impacted by listening to today's message. Can you hear me? Wave, wave if you can't. <clears throat> now that I've been teed up really badly, you, you are, yeah, can't be a, a disappointed. Okay, so um, thanks, Daph, for the um, tissues. She knows me too well. I have uh, got reserve, though. <laughs> I was going to say, it's such a little pack, so it's not going to really last um, long. But thanks so much for coming. There are a lot more of you than I expected um, this morning, and... Um, but I suppose after 23 years, I can't, can't hide anymore, so I'm up here. First time, da-da. <laughs> so all good. Thanks very much for coming. But I'm sure it wasn't for me. You just didn't have anything better to do on a, the sandwich between Christmas and New Year. So I, I thought with New Year being tomorrow evening, right, um, it would be a good opportunity to, to really focus in on that and, and maybe use that as a central theme for today. And hopefully the word uh, that, that I bring t- today will, will also resonate in future New Year's that you have. So, um, yeah, so I mean, of course, we've been thinking a lot about New Year and what New Year is about and, uh, and all the celebrations. And um, so I asked um, <clears throat> my, my resource, my family, <laughs> what, what they would uh, like to say about New Year. I didn't have a 100% response, <laughs> but I got two out of three, which is not bad. Um, but I won't tell you who the quotes are from. You can guess yourself. One quote, New Year is a concrete time which can give an opportunity for some to revisit the old, recalibrate and face the new, a clean slate, starting over, etc. Some people work better with this more tangible and visible movements to shift and make changes to behavior, thoughts, relationships, etc. And then there's another half of the quotes, which I'm not going to read because it basically steals my sermon. The, the second quote I have is, um, New Year's resolutions represent a clean start, a fresh perspective. Although I don't often set New Year's resolutions for myself, then I, the idea of them helps me to realign my motivations and goals, which I think is a, a lot about what uh, New Year's for, for most of us. I love the fact that it's coupled to Christmas, and we have Christmas and New Year right on top of each other. Christmas, I mean, we had a wonderful um, message uh, last week about uh, what, what Christmas is to us, and it's about what we have received and God's gift to us. And what I love is it immediately switches over into New Year, which is about what can we expect, this newness, this, um, this looking forward. I'm very much a guy who dwells more in the future than dwells in the past. I'm, I'm, I'm very, very bad at reflecting back. Um, I tend to spend most of my time, you know, what's going to happen. So don't ask me what I wore yesterday. I can't tell you. And I probably can't tell you what I'm going to wear next week anyway. But anyway, that's beside the point. But it really is about new plans, excitement, uh, opportunities, decisions to grow, things to develop, new things I'm going to try, new things I'm going to create, etc. And there's definitely something that comes alive at New Year, a freshness, something is reborn. I think maybe, it be, maybe to do with the fact that it's often, um, I think in holiday season, we feel a little bit um, uh, refreshed and stronger, and it's like, okay... I've had a chance to, to resettle and, and I can build something. Um, so we, we probably look at it through a different filter. But, but New Year's often come with um, some concerns and trepidations for next, you know, what's going to come up. I remember 
And I mean, we can split the, the congregation probably in two. Those who can remember Y2K and those who can't. You know, 18 years ago, there was, the world was going to fall apart because um, the computers hadn't been built with this extra digit. And the world was going to crash. And, uh, and that brought a whole bunch of uh, unknowns. And I mean, I was uh, working as an engineer at the time, and my job was to check all the PLCs, the computers and things. And it was a big thing. And there was a fortune spent in trying to overcome this concern. But already you can see the trends and the, the uh, being pr projections for next year, what's going to happen politically, economically, etc. So there are, there are concerns about the new year, and it's about trying to make sense of, of the, the world that we live in. Then, of course, we've got the New Year's resolutions. Um, now, New Year's resolutions um, apparently go back to ancient Babylonia. They, they, were, they made promises to the gods at the beginning of every year that this is the stuff that they would do. And then Julius Caesar and even the ancient Christian and Judaism had this ritual of trying to set up promises to themselves about how they're going to improve themselves for, for the next year. And, um, and so we've carried those into the new year resolution. I have a big problem. Oh, okay, before we get that, do you, how many people make New Year's resolutions in the congregation? Do you put up your hand? Come on, be brave. Okay, you're, you're sub-normal. Sub <laughs> Apparently about 40% of people make New Year's resolutions. Only about 8% of those resolutions actually get kept. So I have a, I have a big problem with New Year's resolutions. Um, uh, for, for a number of reasons. Not, not that I have a... Um, the, the challenges with New Year's resolutions are, are, firstly, they come once a year. So you only have once a year to reset. I mean, uh, Liam, my eldest son, sent a, a photograph of, of a graph for the park run, you know, um, the park run attendees, and it has a very distinctive spike at the beginning of every year, and it goes sort of like this. You know, so at the January, it's star performance, and then it drops off, and then it climbs, and then at the beginning of the new year, every, every year, it, it starts up again. So they come once a year. They don't take very long to break. They're normally about a month, and then you've gone, and then you've got a long time, about 11 months for self-loathing and, uh, <laughs> and disappointment before you get a chance to press the reset button again. So... Uh, Secondly, they're very individualistic, and they, um, and they often keep private, so it's about me and my goals. It's not about a shared thing. They, they create more opportunity for regret than achievement. They're very much done in my own strength. So, I, again, my problem with that is if my own strength wasn't sufficient for this year, what's going to change in the next day? <laughs> you know, between now and New, new Year, that's, that's going to make it better. It's based on a need to be independent, self-reliant, uh, and it's, it's like the ultimate DIY activity. You know, I'm going to make myself better. And, and, and then, of course, they have very little impact on the level of stress in reality. Uh, let me break something to you. We cannot kill anxiety, despair, and fear with well-written to-do lists and well-planned schedules. It does not work. So, so it got me thinking... First, got me thinking, where's my water? If we were to take this New Year celebration as a picture or an image of what our daily walk with Jesus could be, we have these big celebrations and these big expectations and big, like, stepping over the threshold into a new promise. What about if we took that into our, our Jesus walk? What would a Jesus New Year look like to us? 
And I was thinking about the first, the ultimate first New Year in the Garden of Eden, which was a picture of walking. <laughs> Here we go. Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> walking, talking, laughing, exploring, and discovering. A state of living in a spacious place full of hope and promise. That, is, that was what the first New Year was about. Being safe and hopeful is more than just knowing about our security and provision. A little child does not feel safe and secure because they know that there's a man guard at the, the gate or there's a security system. He feels safe because he knows mom and dad are around. And it's knowing his presence. It's sort of also, I've got the picture that God is not a travel agent. I mean, a man has left us, it's very sad. But, and, but she's a travel, she was a travel agent. She used to give us our itinerary, give us a good destination, tell us how to go, advise us, then send us on our way. God's not that. God's the tour guide. He comes, he wants to travel with us. He takes us. He says, oh, that part of the city is not that good. This part of the city, this is where the exciting stuff is. Let's go there. Let me show you. Let me walk with you. So I thought, well, what would the Jesus New Year usher in? We have a lot of expectations in the natural for 2019, and I love what the worship band did. But what, what would Jesus New Year usher in? Firstly, it would be a continual season of hope, independent of our circumstances. For some, I mean, I've spoken to many people about 2018. For me, particularly, 2018 was a difficult year. Um, I know that um, for others it was very difficult. Some, 2018 was a great year. But we have a sense of hope of 2019. It's going to be a more of a spacious place. But I have a saying at work which I use to try and challenge my team, and that is hope is not a strategy. And what I'm really getting there is when I say hope is not a strategy, we, don't, we can't rely on just the things are going to just go well because we've got to do something about them, right? But that's in the business context. But it occurred to me again, but even in the spiritual context, hope is not a strategy. Hope is not about knowing the, the plan, having a plan, having a destination, spinning the roulette wheel and just, you know, hopefully luck will have it, we'll get there. No, hope is, a, hope is actually a person. It is a place, it is a place, it is a knowledge that Jesus has us. We have, we've spoken this, who's a Fangie Pan guy? He says, any area of your life that doesn't glisten with hope is, is uh, living a lie or something, believing a lie. There's another one, a quote I read the other day that said, glimmering, we have a glimmering gospel, hope that points to the sufficient, powerful, present, and faithful care of God for each child that belongs to his blood-bought family. In Colossians 1.27, it says, living within you is the Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. This mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope, filled with the riches of glory for his, for his people, and God wants everyone to know it. Our, our God is a father of hope. He is a father of light. He wants to take us to new spacious places. Do you know that God lives in hope? He's a God of hope. He's a hopeful God. He hopes for us. He, he looks at us. He walks with us. He, he is hoping for good things for us. And it's a, it's a certainty. There's a, 
uh, in Hebrews 6.19, it says, We have this certain hope, like a strong, unbreakable anchor, holding our souls to God himself. It's the hope that tethers us to him. Our anchor of hope is fastened to the mercy seat, which sits in the heavenly realm beyond the sacred threshold. Our hope is connected, connects us to God's throne itself, and that throne is not here on earth. So we are tethered by hope. Here's our hope. Here's the one inside us. It's the anchor for our soul. And in the world around us, which speaks a word of hopelessness, he talks, a, it says, a different word. We have a word of hope. So that's the first one. Jesus' new year ushers in a season of hope, independent of our circumstance. The second thing about a Jesus' new year is it's a season of abundance and fullness, independent of our own means. Because when we step and we make a New Year's resolution in our own strength, we're self-reliant on what we can bring to the party. But, but this is not true for us as Christians. In John 10.10, 10, it says, A thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy. But I've come to give you everything, everything in abundance. Everything in abundance. Not just a few things in abundance. More than you would expect. Life in its fullness until you overflow. Isn't that amazing? Psalm 20, verse 7. I love this as well. Some find their strength. So, uh, Ethan, you were quite almost prophetic on that thing there. Some find their strength in their weapons and wisdom. But my miracle deliverance can never be won by men. Our boast is on the Lord God. It is Him who makes us strong and gives us the victory. So our abundance is not reliant on our own means. And the, the last thing about the fullness of um, abundance, I pray that you will, it comes from Ephesians 1, 19 and 20. You probably will also know this one. I pray that you will be continually continually ongoing, experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power made available to you through faith. How's that? That is, that is a Jesus new year, full of abundance and, um, and fullness. And then the last thing, it would be a season of daily fresh beginnings. I started with my new resolution problem is that you get once a year to do it. With God, it is continual. It is daily. In... Um, God is not uh, constrained by a once-a-year or a calendar. You know, it's going to be a bit timing when we're in heaven when it's doing New Year's resolutions and it's, what's the year, 14 trillion, 5 billion and 72 million, whatever. We, we'll, who knows? The dates won't exist. But God isn't constrained. He's, it's just a daily renewing, refreshing. Lamentations. You would have thought something positive would come out of Lamentations. Lamentations 3, 22 to 23 says... The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. Never. His mercies never ever come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And, and, uh, and then in Psalm 23 verse 6, it says, Surely goodness and mercy will follow me. And some translations say will pursue me. Goodness and mercy will pursue me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. So we have a God who gives us new blessings every single day, and His goodness and His mercy pursue us 
That's continuously. Um, his goodness supplies us all our needs. His mercy blots out, out our sins and our mistakes. You know, if you, if you um, miss the park run, you can only start again next year. If, with us, God, you just come to before him, and he will refresh he will that on a daily basis. So if that's what a Jesus New Year is about, hope, abundance, and, and uh, blessing, and, uh, and daily fresh beginnings, what would be our New Year's resolution then? I think that there is one resolution which rules them all. It's sort of like the Lord of the Rings ring, you know? There's one ring that rules them all. I think this is the one resolution that could rule them all. That we can choose to, we can resolve to cuddle up to hope, abundance, to constant, ongoing, and ever-renewed blessings. We can choose to cuddle up to that because that's not a thing, that's a person. Colossians 3, 1-4 from the Passion Translation says, Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. That is why we are to yearn for all that is above. For that's where Christ sits enthroned at the place of all power, honor, and authority. Yes, feast on the treasure of the he- treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities and not with the distractions of the natural realm. Your crucifixion with Christ has severed the tie to this life, and now your true life is hidden away in God with Christ. And Christ himself is seen for who he really is. You, who you really are will also be revealed, for you are now one with him in his glory. Isn't that amazing? So we can really cuddle up to that. So here it is, the great reveal, very, very simple. You know, the, the gospel of Christ is a simple thing. And I'm sure you all know the scripture. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So the resolution, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's it. Simple. This was spoken by Jesus when he was giving the Sermon on the Mount. And it was in the context of people, you know, talking about worrying about clothes and food and whatever. And I suppose using some maybe um, poetic license, I've extrapolated it to say, well, we're sitting at the cusp of the new year. And what are we going to do in the new year? Well, we're going to consider all those things. But actually, don't worry about those. Consider him. Matthew, uh, the, the reading in Passion Translation says, So above all, constantly chase after the realm of God's kingdom and the righteousness that proceeds from him. Then all these less important things will be given to you abundantly. In the message, I'll take it even, I think it's even better. It says, if God gives such attention to the appearance of wildflowers, most of which are never even seen, don't you think he'll attend to you, take pride in you, do his best for you? What I'm trying to, to do here is to get you to relax. Okay, this is the, the message translation of what Jesus said. Get you to relax, to not be so preoccupied with getting so that you can respond to God's giving. People who don't know God and the way he works fuss over these things, but you know God and you know his, how he works. Steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions, and don't worry about missing out. Don't worry about FOMO. You'll find all your everyday con- human concerns will be met. 
How's that? It's amazing. But here's the clincher. For you to really know, for this to be a reality, you have to know Him. You really have to believe that God Himself is intensely interested in every aspect of your life, that He wants the very best for you. It's not just about knowing some words, it's about knowing Him. We live a life if we believe that He just wants to be another paid counselor, paid advisor, paid coach. He doesn't want to be, He wants to be all those things. He is. He is a counselor, he is an advisor, he is a coach, he is a comforter. But he's more than that. He's more than just an added help in our lives. He wants to, be, to share our lives, live in us, be our life, our source, our reason, everything. Don't just go to him when you need help. Actually share your life with him. Philippians 4, 6 and 7 say, Do not be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faithful requests before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell him every detail of your life, then God's wonderful peace, which transcends human understanding, will make the answers known to you through Jesus Christ. Isn't that amazing? So that's, that's the holy resolution. Seek him first. Seek him first. Ask him to show more of himself. And plead with him for the new and unique grace you need each and every day. And if you are still stuck on making some resolutions, and I'm not against other resolutions, I'd like to suggest the following little process. <laughs> and uh, with the acknowledgments to Andy Mason, he used, uh, uh, when he did the Heaven in Business, he, he had a slide, which I got a copy of, probably copyright, so I apologize. But it says, how to get a good idea. If you were at the Heaven in Business, uh, I hope you enjoy this one. How to get a good idea. One, be still. Two, become aware of heaven. Three, listen. It's probably God. And four, action it. That's how to get a good idea. So here's my sort of version of how to have a good New Year's resolution. One, be still. Two, think about what you want to achieve this year. Three, ask him, our father, directly what he thinks about it. I want to lose some weight. Lord, do you think, what do you think about that? Ask him. It's like when Richard spoke about the pathway and at his new B&B, and he was quite surprised that God actually <laughs> responded in the way he did. So ask him directly, what do you think about this resolution? Um, four, be quiet and listen. If something else pops into number five, if something else pops into your mind, ditch your original idea and take the new one. Number six, if you get an increasing level of excitement, it's probably Father giving you the thumbs up. Acknowledge to your dad that you're going to need his help and ask for practical ideas on how to see it through. Then shut up and listen again. And then act on whatever you hear. Try that. You know, as you, as you um, set out your plans and, and paths for next year, use that. It's very much about involving God. But the most important resolution, which requires absolutely no discussion and no debate, is still seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. A continual season of hope, regardless of the circumstances. 
a season of fullness and abundance, independent of your own ability to meet those, independent of your own means, and a season of daily fresh beginnings. Not just once a year, but every single day, every single moment. So yeah, that's, that's really the message, simple. But I, I really do want to um, um, encourage, if there's anybody sitting here who either doesn't know this father that I'm talking about, you, you actually, you may know him, you may know about him, you may know, have heard of him, you may even sing some nice songs to him, but you don't know him. You don't, you don't have a sense of his wanting to participate and invade and involve himself in your life. You know, God is not, God is the father who comes to every school match and sits on the side of the school field and cheers you on in everything you do. He's the father who gets, who gets excited about your promotion. He's the father who comes to your graduation. He's the father who loves that you achieve your goals. He loves those things. If you don't know that that's your father, Jesus, as that person in your life, then I implore you, do not let 2018 go without meeting him. Because 2019 will be amazing when you walk with him. So really, uh, that's where I want to leave it. And also, if you, if you knew him once, but you have, have not been seeking first the kingdom of God in the last uh, season, make that your New Year's resolution today because it is going to be good. You don't have, even have to wait for tomorrow evening. You can do it today. You can set the watch forward like Catherine and I always do nowadays. Not <laughs> 10 o'clock comes, midnight comes at 10 o'clock. Set it forward. Make it your resolution today. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things will be added to you. So let's pray. Father, we just, we just thank you that we do not worship a God who sits afar. We don't, we don't uh, sing to a God that we've never met. We don't read words of wisdom and words of direction and words of uh, good, new, good advice. But there is a good news that you want to walk and talk with us in the Garden of Eden, sharing our lives, showing you things that we, we would not normally see. You want to reveal the glories and, and wonders of your heart and your, your abundance to us through a relationship with us, Jesus. Father, you don't send us on a, on a tour, but Father, you walk with us to actually experience that tour with us. You go into those deep, those dark places to make sure that we're okay. You never, ever leave our side. So, Father, this morning, I really just thank you that we do have a, a daily opportunity of new beginnings, a daily opportunity of just experiencing your heart afresh every single moment. There is nothing too big that can separate us from your love, Lord Jesus that your love surrounds us. You, you will have such incredible hope for us. You have an incredible uh, plan for us. 
And Father, you want to share that with us, Lord Jesus. So, so yeah, we just, I want to commit plans and, and ambitions and hopes to you, Jesus. We know that, it, that everything sub- submits and comes under seeking you first, Jesus. Thank you that you are our source, you are our future and our past. You, you cover everything. And Father, this morning, if there are people here who do not know um, do not know you as Father, the one who just loves you, sit on the bed and talk to us about what our hopes and dreams are about, Jesus. If they don't know you as that Father, King of glory, yet Father, um, Father heart, I just pray that this morning there would be a, a shift in the, their spirit, a shift in their soul, Lord, that they would just, just prompt them to make this the day of salvation and day of repentance and day of renew, new birth, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your blessing, your love, your kindness, your loving kindness, and uh, you know, that just blesses us all the time. Amen. If people were, if there was anyone who was moved by that, we'll please come afterwards and, and we'd love to, I'd love to pray with you. If, if you haven't known Jesus as your Savior, then today's the day. And uh, yeah, thank you. Thanks for listening. We'd love to hear your story if you've been encouraged by this episode. You can connect with us on Facebook or leave a review on our podcast.